What's up, profitable public speaking listeners? Mark Burry, the podcasting coach here, helping people to launch, grow, and monetize their podcast. And when you are on the stage, one of the things you have to master to captivate attendees and get them lining up to ask you questions and follow up with you after your talk is storytelling. Storytelling is one of the most important parts you can incorporate in any speech. And in this episode, you will learn how to incorporate powerful storytelling that allows you to step into your star power on any stage that you are on. Our guest who joins us today, she is a speaker, storyteller, and body language expert who helps speakers and experts increase their influence and impact through the art of hypnotic body language and the neuroscience of storytelling. Our guest is also the CEO and founder of the Dynamic Dream Life Group. Our guest for this episode of Profitable Public Speaking is none other than Holly Mignosi. Holly, welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Holly, I'm so happy to have you on the Profitable Public Speaking Podcast. And I feel like storytelling, as I hinted at a little earlier, is just so important. But I feel like one of the things, people, two of the things people struggle with, what are the stories I tell them and how do I actually tell these stories in my talks? So uh, I think uh, one of the first places we should go at is like, how do we incorporate storytelling in our talks? Because some people may have their talk down, others may just have all the tactics and strategies, but not sure where to put the story. So how do we fit it in? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked. Well, there's different kinds of stories that we tell for our talk. So one of the things we want to do is make sure that we share our signature story. So we have stories, different kinds of stories. We have stories about overcoming fear. We have stories about life is precious. We have stories about being bold. We have stories about failure and then succeeding. And of course, we've all heard the rags to riches stories. No matter what category your personal story falls into, it is so important that we share with our audience our ups and downs so that we can get that no like, and trust factor. We've all heard about the no like, and trust factor, but if the sooner we get there, the sooner we reveal who we are and some of those vulnerable moments, then the audience feels as though they're communicating with us like a friend, like we've let them into our world. We're talking about things that we may only talk about with a best friend or a family member or things like that. So it's really important to share your signature story in your talk. And it's interesting you mentioned signature story because in like a lot of things happen to us in life, but how do we figure out what our signature story is? Because I feel like the signature story is important. And when you hear experts talk, like you're like, wait, I've heard that before. That's the same story. That's a signature story. So like, how do we find our version of that? Yeah, that's a great question. So the signature story does not have to be something that is so dramatic. It doesn't have to be something where you died and came back to life. Like <laughs> some people are like, you know, they hear these stories and they're like, how can I compete when go on stage after you hear someone talk about, you know, um, fighting off a shark or something and being able to survive that, although that would be a pretty fantastic signature story. Um, but sometimes our signature story is something that's simple as overcoming shyness. Sometimes our signature story is something about overcoming shame or guilt or some kind of event that to us, because it's ordinary, part of our ordinary day life, we discount how extraordinary it can be. 
So what is ordinary to us can truly be extraordinary to somebody else. In fact, sometimes the more ordinary your story, the more relatable it can be. Like it's, it's amazing to hear about someone who fought off a shark or died and came back to life, but we haven't all had those experiences. So the first thing I think is to really realize that look at your life like where are the ups and downs? Where are the pitfalls? What are the things that was kind of a low moment in my life, but I found a way out? And the second key is it may feel counterintuitive to share some of these low moments like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of opening the kimono, so to speak. Like I was taught that you, you know, keep those skeletons in the closet, so to speak, right? Um, but if we can learn how to share our signature story in very specific steps, which I have the steps if you want to know what they are, what we use these very specific steps, then the story shifts from it being all about us to really being about the audience, which is the third thing that's really important. We've all heard people tell a story where it feels like they're just kind of venting and yeah. they're falling apart. And we don't want to see that on stage. We don't want the audience to feel as though they have to take care of the speaker. It's really the other way around. So the idea is that we want to stand on our story in victory, not in our story like a victim. And if we use these five steps, it's really simple to craft your signature star-powered story. And I love the uh, you having that distinction between being vulnerable and being victim because you don't want to vent on and on or like have that presence. You want to be able to use your story in a way that it benefits the audience or that the audience. Uh, again, like that relatable factor, because again, like the fighting a shark, I mean, that's going to like, you know, get a ton of attention, but uh, the ordinary story could also be very relatable. So you don't have to like say you fought a cheetah to counter the shark story. So that's right. <laughs> you don't have to one up them. <laughs> yeah, you don't, right. have to, you don't have to one up them. But I'm wondering if we can just go straight into those five steps, because uh, it would be easier for people listening to just be able to take those five steps, write down those five steps, and then go in on making it happen. Absolutely. Here we go. So grab a pencil and paper if you're, if you're listening. <laughs> if you can imagine almost like a roller coaster ride, and if you imagine like a straight line coming in from the left and then the roller coaster goes down and then the roller coaster comes back up. And when it comes back up on the right, you're at a higher level than you were on the left. So that's kind of the visual framework, the idea of what it would look like if I drew it out on a piece of paper. The steps are, the very first step is the call. So you want to give people a little bit of, of a backdrop, a little bit of a background. Like what was it that called you on this journey? And it's one of two things. It's usually something that is either a big dream or a goal. Like I always had this goal to be an Olympic ice skater. And then you may talk about all the challenges that you went through and how you didn't become an Olympic ice skater, but you became something else instead. So that's like the dream kind of call. There's another kind of call that I find a lot of my clients have, and it's when something is external. So the dream is an internal calling inside where you want to go on this journey, you want to go on this adventure to become more. 
The other type of call is when something is coming at you from the external world. Maybe you were born into a family where you had to deal with an alcoholic parent, or maybe you were born into a life where um, there was some kind of genetic issue with you personally. You were born into it, and it was something that just happened. You didn't have a choice, so to speak. So it was a challenge. And those kind of calls can be very powerful as well. So you would start with the call, a little bit of background, not a lot. A lot of people get hung up on that and they spend way too much on the background story, but just a little bit because it answers the question this important to you. Why is this journey important to you? So that's what the call does. The second step is you go into what I call the pit. So we're going to take the audience from your pit to your pinnacle from the bottom to the top, like a roller coaster ride. And in the pit, that's where you're describing one of your darker moments. You're describing what you heard, what you saw, what you felt when you felt like you didn't know where to turn and you didn't know how to get out of this really challenging situation. That is a defining moment is what we call it. And oftentimes it's just a moment in time and it can be very visceral. A lot of times people remember, I was in my room, I was by myself, or it was a rainy night, or it was the day after Halloween. Like they remember these details and those details are important because it transports your audience right into your story. The third step is the breakthrough. So after the pit, there's a breakthrough moment where you realize you are the hero or the heroine of your journey. And the hero realizes something that allows a shift. And it's an, usually an internal awakening or an internal realization. And they realize something and they start doing things differently than they were doing it before, which leads us to the fourth step. The fourth step, those are your lessons. Now, this is where the story shifts and it goes from this is all about me and my life to this is what I learned and this is how I can help you save time and money and heartache because you don't have to go through what I went through. I'm going to show you and tell you exactly what I learned so you don't have to make those mistakes. So I call that your high value content. So you have your call, your pit your breakthrough moment, then you have your high value content, the lessons. And your lessons can be teach one, two, or three things. It's part of your signature system. And then the final step is the victory phase where you're describing your pinnacle. You used to be at the pit, and now that you've tried these different things in your life and you've come up with this formula, now you've got success. You've gone from rags to riches. You were unhealthy. Now you're very healthy. You were alone and lonely. And now you found your soulmate living your dream life, gallivanting all over the, the globe <laughs> or whatever the case may be. It's kind of a... Um, opposite scenario to your pit. And that's what gives credibility. So as you're telling your story with these five phases, you have included vulnerability because that's your pit and credibility because that's your pinnacle. And the two together are like beautiful bookends that allow people to feel that they're close to you, that you're humble, you're opening up who you really are, your challenges, but that they can trust you they're safe with you because you're credible. You've walked the path. You've done the work. And now you can help them do the same. And I love that five-step breakdown. I mean, I have all the notes on my end. I mean, 
it's a really great five steps. And I mean, I would say just like write down the five steps and like listen to like some like super famous speaker or like some celebrity speaker, whoever, and see if you can see those five steps in action, pay attention because uh, like here in Holly break down those five steps. I could definitely think back to a few stories and like, yeah, like that's, I've heard this before. I've heard uh, like, this is the rubric that a lot of people definitely use. So um, I know you mentioned like this would be your signature story. Um, do you make the signature story your whole talk or do you like incorporate mm. many stories in between and value in between? Like how does that part of it work? Great question too. So in the talk, there's in your story, there's something that goes before it and there's usually something that goes after it. So I use the acronym ISO. So it's your introduction, your story, and then your offer, whatever it is you're offering. So your introduction is when somebody else reads your bio, you should never read your own bio or give your own credibility. Even if you have to pull up someone from the audience, <laughs> have it on a cue card for, if you're a beginner speaker, have it on a cue card, have that cue card laminated and pull someone up from the audience and say, would you mind speaking this and reading this for me? So you have your credibility, you go up and you start connecting with the audience in your introduction. And then you move into your story with a simple bridge. It could be something as simple as, well, before I tell you, the three mistakes that entrepreneurs make that cost them cash and make their sales plummet. I'd like to tell you a little bit about my personal story so we feel more like friends. Would that be okay? That's called the bridge. So you're bridging your introduction to your story. And of course, the audience is going to go, yeah, we want to hear a story. Everyone loves to hear a story. We're hardwired for it as human beings. We've been listening to stories and telling stories for up to 150,000 years or more. It's in our DNA, Mark. <laughs> so the audience is going to say, yes, I want to hear a story. And then you're going to share your story. You're going to share your three steps and then your pinnacle. And then you're going to go into your offer or some people call it your call to action, but I call it an offer because you're asking the audience, you're giving them something like a gift. Now that call to action could be something as simple as after you hear my story, don't let a day go by without hugging someone and telling them you love them. That could be the offer. You're giving them that new perspective. You're giving them an action to take to improve their life. Or your offer could be something as simple as, hey, I've got this podcast. It's called Profitable you know, Speakers. Come and listen to it so that you can really improve your speaking skills. Or your offer could be something more robust, like a $50,000 retreat or something like that. But in the beginning, it's your intro, then your story, and then your offer. And you could have other stories that are inside your offer. You could talk about client success. You could talk about case studies, but when you tell your story, there's something else that's really important to go along with it, no matter where you tell your stories. I heard Les Brown say this, and it was he's so great as making these really um, reversal quotes is what I call it. You'll know what I mean when you hear this. So one of, my, one of my mentor speakers, Les Brown, I think he's amazing. He said, never make a point without a story and never tell a story without a point. I love that quote. I mean, uh, really, I mean, it's really getting like thinking more about speaking, like what you're going to say and really creating an outline as if you're approaching a book. I mean, it's one thing to have the slides, but I mean, it's another thing to just really have bullet points for like your main talk. And then when you get on more stages and you tell your same signature story, 
you know, it, it really, you remember it a lot more as you do more talks. Do you ever like make some slight, slight tweaks to the signature story? Because like some people, they get bored of talking about the same thing. Or do you just stick with the script with that signature story? Mm, that's a good question. So I would say my signature story is my signature story. Like I tell it every time because inside that signature story, people get to see, see my vulnerability. They get to see my strength. They get to see my character, what I stand for, what I don't stand for. Um, so my story, my signature story I really keep it the same, but I have lots of other stories. And in fact, I write down my stories. I keep it in my phone. I keep it on my desktop so that I can remember stories. And they can be little insignificant stories that just things that happen throughout the day, like with my son or my husband that make a good point. Or it could be bigger stories, like the time I overcame my absolute biggest fear, which is actually sharks. And that may not sound like a big deal, but when you live in San Diego and your kids are always going in the ocean, you got to overcome that fear. Um, so that's a different story where they still get to see my character and how I overcame fear. But that would kind of be an add-on story, I would say. Yeah, that's interesting. The difference between like a signature story and some kind of story you can add on. And the add-on stories, you can modify those a little bit based on the event, based on your life experiences. But as long as the signature story forms that main foundation, and especially, I mean, don't mess with what works. There are people who pay like $10,000 to get on a stage. And if you make $20,000 from that stage because you told a great story, why would you flip the script? I mean, that's one thing to think about also. That's a, yeah, that's excellent. And many people, when they hear you speak, there's going to be people in the audience that are event hosts. They're going to hear you speak and they're going to want that story. They're going to hear you. That's an example of your expertise. It's an example of your experience. And they're hearing you like they're sampling maybe a buffet table. And they said, ooh, that was delicious. I want some more of that. And then the main meal comes. And if the main meal comes, it's totally different than what they sampled. They're going to say, hey, wait a minute. Right. So that, yeah. So that what you show is what you know. And people are going to book you for more speaking opportunities based on those stories. And that is a good point. You could simply ask, do you want that story or do you want a different story? Here are some other stories that I have and some other talks and takeaways that I can share with your audience. So you could customize something for an audience. However, time and time again, I still stand by it. The signature story is a signature story. And that, that is a really good point how I mean, there could be event organizers in the place and they will, they will expect that you give the same type of talk to their audience and they're picking you because you, they like that talk. So that's a very interesting insight so that, I mean, it's no wonder people who have that signature story just keep it. And uh, I mean, in addition to crafting your signature story, one thing I'm going to recommend everyone do listen to, listening to this episode Check out Holly's work and keep following her along her journey. And for all the listeners wondering where can we find your work and stuff like that, where are some good places we can go? Thank you, Mark. I would love to see you in my Facebook group. You can check out Leading Six Figure Speakers in Facebook. You can find me there with bingeable hours of yummy stuff that you can watch on signature story, storytelling, charismatic communication, body language, all kinds of fun stuff. And may I offer something to your audience, the free gift? Definitely. 
Okay. I have for you my 15 hottest hand gestures that you can use on stage to complement your signature story. And there's a little bonus in there. They're the five hand gestures to never use on stage. <laughs> hmm. So you've got some great things to work with and some definitely some things to never do. And for that, you're going to want to go to Holly. It's H-O-L-L-E-Y. Minyosi, M-I-G-N-O-S-I, forward slash hot 15. Hot 15. That is a really good link. That will be in the show notes for everyone who is interested. But once again, Holly, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. It was a pleasure having you on Profitable Public Speaking. Thank you so much, Mark. It was so great to be here. And I just want to say, I love what you do. Love what you're up to, your books, and you're just such an inspiration. Thank you so much to me and my son.